Have you dreamed of bigger things for your life? Then you are in the right place. Each week, you will be given tips on how to change your inner dialogue, conquer your goals, and ways to step into a higher version of yourself. I'm your host, Lauren Kubat. I'm a motivational speaker who hosts personal development events. I'm a sought-after fitness instructor, a wife, and a mom of two young boys. I'm obsessed with all things personal development, and I believe anyone can achieve the life they want. Let the Become Your Vision podcast be the inspiration you need to step into greater things. Now let's go. Hi guys, welcome to the show. Where are you listening? Are you going to walk, getting ready for the day, driving, doing something weird, whatever it is. I am just happy you are here. Today I have my friend Jamie Rowe. He is a personal trainer. I met him a few years ago when my husband and I, and I guess it was just one of our sons at the time, moved here to Charleston. Super nice. We do swear a little bit in this episode today, so maybe don't listen with kids in the car or earmuffs. I don't know. We also talk about his um, addiction to some opioids. That's a hard word to say, or at least it is for for me. Um, alcohol uh, abuse and what it's like to live in a retirement community when you are super young. Also, in the very beginning, I would say halfway through the show, the audio gets so much better. Um, he had headphones in and Bluetooth headphones, and there was a delay. I don't know if that was the problem, but once he um, turned those off, it got so much better. So hopefully my husband can do some editing by the time you hear it. It's not a problem. And we are doing a giveaway. So he has two online programs. So one lucky winner will win one of his online programs. So you can get your butt kicked because he trained me a few weeks ago and he kicked my butt. Okay, so stay tuned for the giveaway and enjoy. Hi guys. Welcome back to the show. If you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen that I worked out with, well, depending on when I release this show, with Jamie Rowe, and he is on the show today. Let me give you a little insight about Jamie. Jamie was one of the first people I met moving when we moved here from from Indiana to Charleston, super down to earth guy. Jamie is a personal trainer, a father, just overall the nicest guy. He is so eager to help others and I'm excited to have him here today to chat. So Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me and uh, yeah, it's my pleasure to be here. Sweet deal. So I don't know if you remember this, but um, Okay, so when we moved here, Pivotal, I guess I, sh- I don't know if I should say the gym or not. Well, whatever, it doesn't matter. Pivotal was the first gym we went to. Um, I think you signed up, Tom and I, Tom is my husband, and uh, you're just su- super cool. And I remember one of the first things you asked me, you're like, are you and your husband like competing? And I was like, no, but I think took it as like the best compliment. Cause I was like, Oh, why, why did you ask that? And you're like, Oh, you guys are just in really good shape. I'm like, I like this guy even more. I don't, re- that's funny. Cause honestly, I don't remember. 
I, I almost don't remember selling you guys a membership first. I just remember you working there, but that, that is how, I don't know, a lot of people would come check the gym out and then they'd sign up and then end up working there. So that's, that's kind of one of the ways it goes. But yeah, I remember you guys coming from up north and being that I had been from Jersey coming down here. It's a definitely a change of pace. And like when you meet people from up north, it's kind of like, oh, hey, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you kind of can relate. So yeah, for sure. Transplants. So JB, how did you start your, your fitness journey? This started for me when I was a young kid. I mean, I played sports growing up. Um, I think probably as early as maybe six or seven. And then I think weightlifting though, and, and actually the actual fitness aspect of it started before high school football. So I was near of high school, if I remember correctly. And actually had brought me to the YMCA one day and I remember him showing me how to bench press with just the bar. And I remember just struggling with just the bar, you know, it was 45 pounds, mm-hmm. but that's, that initially was what got me going. And, uh, you know, training for football really was the main thing that, that kind of started my, my lifting and, and training. Mm. Did you ever feel like, like, did it come naturally to you or like, did you ever struggle with your weight or what was that like? Like my weight, like, like how much I weighed or like with, with like lifting, you mean? Yeah. Like how much you weighed? I, I really didn't. And spe- not back then, honestly, it wasn't until after high school that I even really was concerned with kind of my own image or how I looked um, mm-hmm. during playing sports. I really just trained to get stronger I wasn't concerned if I had abs or if I was, you know, what I looked like, I just, I lifted, but I definitely struggled initially. And I don't, I don't think it it came sort of natural, but it wasn't, it definitely was odd. And it took, it took learning and and doing to, to figure it out. You know, when I first lifted, I remember not being able to balance or stabilize a barbell, you know, so it definitely took some doing to figure out. Yeah. Um, another thing that just popped up in my head is, um, so I was a personal trainer. Now I focus more on, um, group fitness, but I remember my girlfriend shout out to, um, Jessica. That's how I met her. I was training her and I wasn't there that day. Um, it was her, my day off or something. And she had come into the gym to use the machines. And I was calling this one machine booty blaster. And for some reason it was stuck or broken. And she came up to the front desk asking you, um, Hey, can you, uh, help me with the booty blaster? And you're like booty blaster. And she had like walk you over there to use it. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. (laughs) Just because all the questions that I had gotten asked there, and, and no, I don't remember the booty blaster. That's a good one though. <laughs> it was the <laughs> one where you hands. like you're standing and then you push one leg back, you push it back. The glue kickbacks maybe. Yes. Glue kickbacks. Yeah. yeah. And I okay. was like, I just called it. I just made up this like name. <laughs> There's a good one though for that. Yeah, for sure. Now they have at the crunch, they have the booty builder, which yeah, it was basically um, a glute glute bridge. Yeah, that one that one is tough. So okay, I didn't realize this about you. We're gonna get we're gonna get in into it a little bit more a little bit more personal. So 
you had struggled with um, opioids and substance abuse. Is that correct? That's something that I've kind of, I, I didn't really share maybe before for a while. And in the last couple of years, I've definitely kind of been more open about, you know, some of the, some of the stuff I've been through. I mean, I put the stuff on my Instagram and I've definitely mentioned it more than once that that's something that's been a, you know, a big part of my, my life or trying to, you know, work or stuff. And that's definitely something that I felt like was important for me to kind of share and not try to hide about myself. So, yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about it. Um, how long did you struggle and like talk about getting into it? When did, when did you know this became a problem or was becoming a problem? High school. Um, after high school, I stopped playing football and college football didn't work out the way that I kind of initially thought it would. Um, some things with life kind of happened and, uh, you know, moving out from my parents when I was 18 and, I ended up staying at one of my friend's houses in Jersey and it was kind of a, you know, it was a bad, it wasn't the best environment to be in. There was, you know, a lot of alcohol and we, we had access to drugs and, and stuff like that and pills and weed and all that. So uh, it started a little bit then. I kind of could tell that it was something that probably wasn't going to end well if I stayed there. So I ended up moving down to South Carolina. And this was, I was 19. I think when I came down, I moved in with my grandparents in the retirement community. And, um, I got away from all that and, and really got into working out and working and just saving money and staying with them, trying to get myself back into school and trying to get my life together. And, uh, you know, and then as I moved out again into my own things had happened, I had 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 some injuries, and uh, that is kind of what got me back into that cycle was I had been drinking, got uh, had broken my hand from punching something. Then they prescribed me pain medicine. Um, you know, I got addicted to it. And then kind of more or less for most of my 20s, I, I my early 20s, I kind of went back and forth with that. And and then, you know, I found out that there was a medicine you could get on uh, that would help you know, get off of the, the painkillers, which is called Suboxone. I, and I went on and off on that for, for years. Um, most of the years I was, I was on it and, um, you know, it just basically prevents you from getting sick or having opioid withdrawals. So I took that and it was prescribed from a doctor. So it was kind of easy to justify taking. And, uh, you know, finally at, you know, about 29, I realized that I didn't want to be on that medicine because you did get sick, you, you know, when you didn't have it or every day you'd kind of feel sick until you took it. And mm. I just was like, this isn't a, you know, it wasn't a fun way to go about living. So I knew that that wasn't something I wanted to be on for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, I kind of, I made myself a promise that before 30, I was going to get off of that and get back into the best shape of my life. And I actually did do both of those things. Mm. I continued to drink after and I kind of even for the, all those 10 years, like the drinking would lead to me getting having a, an um, emotional episode or breakdown where I'd kind of get mad or, you know, break my hand or do something stupid. And I never really wanted to admit that I probably shouldn't drink. So mm. I kind of continued to drink 
And, you know, a half ago when, when Kylie was four months, about, about four months before she was due, um, I just kind of was like, you know, I'm going to stop drinking because I don't see it being something that, that serves me and, and helps mm. me. Wow. What an incredible journey. Um, out of like the painkillers and the alcohol that came out really Chicago alcohol. Um, what, (laughs) what was, um, harder for you to give up? The, the pain medicine that I, or the medicine I was on the Suboxone was, I had gone through withdrawal before from stopping taking just painkillers, like things like oxycodone or hydrocodone, whatever, oxycontin. Um, and, and the withdrawals from that were, were shorter and not as bad. The way that the Suboxone works and the way that it binds to the opioid receptors in your brain, it, it does, especially if you take it over a long course of time or a long period of time, it's a lot worse to come off of. So quitting that, was way harder. I mean, honestly, that's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done was to do that. And I don't recommend the way I did it because I did it without going to a treatment center or without the help of a doctor. Mm. Um, I just stopped it cold turkey. And, and I mean, I was like sick for probably a good two and a half months, no sleep uh, experience, but alcohol, I never had withdrawals from, you know, I never had like I was never physically addicted to alcohol. I just the type of person that like, I can't have one or two drinks. I drink until it's all gone. Mm. Yeah. Um, so how did you get through that with the, what was the name of the medicine that you were coming off of? How, how did you, um, the name of it again? And then, uh, how did you get through that? Like months of not sleeping and the physical side effects of it? Suboxone is what it's called. It's similar to methadone. Um, and as far as honestly, when I had stopped taking it, <clears throat> Kylie and I had just started dating. This is almost three years ago now, but meeting her and kind of having, I think some of the, the dopamine and, and things going on from the initial getting together that helped. Um, but realistically, I just, I had done it once before, uh, some years before I made it through most of the withdrawals. And then I went back on the medicine and I knew that the feeling of, of not being on it, I had a period where I wasn't on painkillers or anything in my twenties. And I, and I just kept literally kept remembering that feeling of being free and not being like physically dependent on something. And, uh, you know, I just kept focused on that as much as I possibly could. And honestly, I was really, I worked a full-time job at Gerald's and I trained people at Pip on the side. So the, the staying busy helped, but it was not, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty challenging. I had yeah. to do everything I could to, to kind of get through it. Listening to motivational videos helped a lot on YouTube and, um, you know, just knowing that there was freedom on the other side, that was definitely the biggest motivator to, to get through. Freedom on the other side. Like, yeah, I, I love that because it's like, if you wait long enough, not only, I mean, sometimes just t- it's at the end of the day, it's time is what on your, what's on your side. It's like, that's the only in anything in life. Like if you lose someone, if you're going through something hard, it's like, 
<sighs> you know, you want things to happen like instantly, but at the end of the day, it's like, you have to go through the motions. You have to, um, you know, feel all the feelings rather than numb yourself in order to get through whatever battle you're facing. But you, you know, if you have it in your brain, like it's not going to hurt like this forever. It's not going to be this hard forever, even though at the moment it feels like that, but eventually you're going to just like feel like a sense of relief. True. And I mean, yeah, it, that's exactly how it is. You, 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 I knew that feeling. And then on the other side of it, no matter how uncomfortable it was, I'm like, okay, I can't really, I can't grow or progress with my life if I don't find a way to get through that. So, mm. you know. yeah. Um, do you feel because how old are you again? 32 in October. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, I'm, I'm trying to read your lips and tell people what you're, you're saying. <laughs> I wonder if it's because try disconnecting from your Bluetooth headphones. Try it. Hey, before we continue with the show, I want to talk to you about something that you might not think about too often, but it is vital in keeping you and your family safe, and that's insurance. In today's hectic world, we women have so many roles and things on our plate. Our to-do list seems to get longer and longer. Rachel Davenport, the principal agent at LH Griffith and Company, understands because she is a wife and mother herself. Rachel can assist you with all of your insurance needs, whether it is trying to find the best deals on auto insurance, helping select the most appropriate home insurance coverage, or helping you protect your family with health and life insurance. Rachel does it all. We know what a headache it can be to select the best insurance. So to save yourself precious time and energy, Give Rachel Davenport a call today for all your insurance needs. Her number is 864-828-0579. That's 864-828-0579. Or find her on Facebook at Rachel Sells Insurance. All her information is in the show notes. Okay, back to the show. Is that better? I think that's better. We'll see. All right, all right, all right cool. Okay, I think I think so. Um, there's just like an extra thing in there whatever it has to go through whatever however the internet works <laughs> in my brain <laughs> yeah exactly um when you go because you are young when you go to like a social gathering do you ever feel like when you don't have like a cocktail or a drink is it harder for you to like engage or do you ever still have like the urge to like oh it'd be so nice right now to be able to have like a beer or something yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty hard that that part of the drinking is, is still the challenge for me and trying to learn how to operate in those situations without it is it's hard. I mean, just a perfect example was Halloween. I had to leave a Halloween party recently because I just, everybody was ripping jello shots and there were maybe one other or two other people there that didn't drink, but it just was like, for me going to those types of parties and being in those situations, all I kind of know is, is to relax or enjoy them through drinking. So yeah, that. And then on July 4th, this past summer, everybody was ripping tequila shots in front of me. And I'm just like, man, I fucking want to drink. So those situations I don't really put myself in 
often because I know that that is usually a struggle and I don't try not to make it any harder than it has to be with that. You know? Yeah. So I'm doing, it sounds silly, um, but I'm doing like no drink November type of thing. And just because mm-hmm. I want to challenge my brain, I want to challenge and I wanted a drink. I had a stressful day yesterday and I, I, I don't need a drink every single night. Um, I do once in a while, like to have a glass of wine to like chill out after like a hard day. Um, I do like social drinking. There are times when I'm like, oh man, I drank too much. I said something silly or I said something stupid. Did I offend somebody? Those instances probably happen at least like once a year where I drink way too much. I'm like, oh shit. But, um, yeah, I, but so it is, I've noticed in the social, social setting is, especially when everybody else is drinking, it's like, that is like the hardest because I don't know if it's, um, you know, you get, you get social anxiety at parties. There's a lot of energy going around. It's something that, you know, that's how you celebrate is through a drink. So do you recommend if people are trying to become sober just to like remove themselves from that situation or try not to go in those types of situations? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, it, it, that's where it gets hard because it's like you, you also, you know, one of the big struggles for me is, is like Kylie's young. She doesn't have a drinking problem. So like for like, it's hard because I feel guilty that I don't want to usually even get into those types of situations. But I think for sure, if you know you have a problem and you know it's challenging for you, like why make it harder for yourself by being in those situations? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, it, it, it totally depends, I guess, on the person. But in most cases, I would say, yeah, probably your best bet is to find a different way to relax or to go blow off steam aside from going out with a bunch of other people who are drinking if you're trying not to, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, how old's Kylie? She is 23. Okay. I didn't realize that. Wow. So you guys are what? Nine nine years apart. Okay. So she's, yeah, she's kind of like, you know, she's young, you know, wants to, um, wants to, you know, have fun. Now, is it like, is it hard? Like if you want to go out to dinner and, you know, she wants to have a glass of wine or anything like that, or. The funny part about that is no, it's not. It, or at certain times it can be, but like I'll, I buy her bottles of wine at the store and like, and I'll bring them home. And like, I don't, that really doesn't bother me. It, it's, it's, it's weird. Most times it doesn't, if I'm really super stressed out and like she has a beer or a glass of wine, there's times at home where I'm like, Ooh, that fucking looks good. I wish I could have one, but you know, for the most part in those situations, it's really not it's not quite as bad. It's not the same as like going to a party or something. I don't know what, what the the difference is there with that, but it's, it's, um, it's definitely gotten easier over time to just, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just because there's a lot of people around and I think now I've had, I would probably say five, five now, I think maybe you're probably the fifth, um, person on here that is, that has talked about, um, their sobriety. There's a lot of, I don't know if there's some kind of movement too, is like, um, 
what's it called? Like sober curiosity. People are trying to not drink. I feel like it's, I don't know. It's just, there's been like this wave, especially from the younger crowd saying like, you don't have to like drink to have a good time. And there's a lot more, I haven't tried any, I don't know if you have, but like a lot more, um, drinks that aren't, um, that aren't, um, they don't include alcohol, but you could pour them in a glass of, um, a wine glass or something like that and bring them to a party and they kind of look like a cocktail. So there's more options. Have you ever had one of those? I have not heard of that or no. Okay. Mm -hmm. I guess there's one groovy G R U V I. Um, it's funny too. I went to, um, uh, an event with a girlfriend and it was like a, such a fun vibe. Cool. And she was drinking and it was like November. Cause I'm like, I just want to try it. I just want to prove to myself. I want to practice discipline um, and just see. So we went, she had a cocktail and I remember that was like, so hard for me because I'm like, Oh, I want one so bad. But then somebody else told me, I think uh, it was Kate moon when she was on um, the show. It's like, there's this connection. If you know, of having something in your hand to make it feel like you have your part of something. So I, I went and got a LaCroix and poured it, had them give me like a plastic cup and poured it in the plastic cup. And that actually, I did something to my brain, but I felt like I felt because I had something in my hand, I didn't feel so awkward. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, that definitely makes sense. I don't, I have, I've tried I've tried that. Um, that that doesn't work for me necessarily, but I mean, it, it's. I think whatever you can do to help yourself be more disciplined, or like if that if you felt like that made a difference, and you you know you're trying not to drink for this month or whatever, then you know use that again. Use anything you can to help yourself. You know. Yeah, just for people that are listening, that you, you might be sober curious or just yeah. have a goal, or maybe you just don't want to. Because also, too, I was like, sometimes whatever it could be food, it could be partying, it could be whatever it is. We do when we're stressed, instead of feeling all the feels um, as a culture, we kind of just like look to something to numb it out, numb out the stress, numb out the sadness. And I'm like, especially last night, I'm like, oh, I had a stressful day. I'm like, I just want a glass of wine. And then I was like, Lauren, it's okay to be stressed. It's okay to not have the best day. And you don't need something to suppress your emotions. And I feel like we put ourselves like in this like bubble or on this like pedestal that we feel like we have to be a certain way all the time. Yeah, that's, that's a huge, like for me personally, that's a huge struggle is like, and, and just being in a relationship now for the period of time we've been together, like I've had to really learn, especially not being able to drink, like what feelings are kind of real, you know, and like what, like those moments where I would drink, if I was a little stressed or I didn't want to feel or think about what was going on or deal with it. It's, I, I couldn't agree more. Like we, we always look to numb out those truths or to avoid them. And like, you can't really like, you can't like figure yourself out or you can't figure your own shit out when you're, when you're constantly trying to numb yourself, you, you know, and it's, it's definitely a culture thing. I think with food overeating, it's easy to do. 
like all these things are easy to do, but the pressure of trying to always like be on, like be on, like always right. be on and not letting yourself be, I have the same thing. Like I, I'm like, it's okay for me to be stressed out. Like, cause I'm always so optimistic and outgoing. She'll be like, you know, if the minute I'm not like that, it's like, what's wrong, what's wrong. And I'm like, a lot of the times I'm just working through my own shit in my head and like allowing myself to do that. And knowing that like, it's okay to be like in a funk, like, and, and I struggle with that. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And especially in relationships too. Like I always say like Tom, um, you know, if he, you know, we, because, you know, we're in a relationship, we always want the other person to feel like, you know, good. And if the other person is not feeling good, we almost like internalize it. Like, what can yep. I do to help, help this person? Or did I do something to, you know, no. Um, and it works both ways. Like, I think, you know, when I'm upset, he's like, oh, why are you, why are you upset? And, you know, vice versa. It's like, if he's in a bad mood, I'm like, okay, you know, what's wrong? How can we fix that? And it's just like, sometimes it's best to just let the person be like, if they're in a shitty mood, you're going to have shitty days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're not responsible for how somebody else feels. And we do, I know we do that. Like the minute somebody's off, it's like, what's wrong? What did I do something to cause it? And like, it's, you have to work through your own shit, uh, like in your own way, you know? So yeah, definitely challenging. Totally. So what, what do you do to like relax is like, do you take CBD? Do you, is there anything that like, do you do deep breathing or like when you're like in a funk, what, what helps you? Um, I do like, CBD gummies are, um, those are, those have helped me in certain circumstances, but with those, the thing, the problem is I'll, they do get me hungry and I I'll eat everything. So, I mean, realistically, it's just practicing for me, like just dealing with things as they come and obviously working out has always been a huge, a huge, uh, like stress reliever for me. And most of the time I'm, I'm pretty much by the end of the day, tired enough that like, I just, I'll take a melatonin or whatever before bed and I eat my like protein ice cream. And I look forward to that as like my way to relax at night. Like I kind of do that consistently. And that definitely helps me out to where like, I can go without needing anything other than that, you know? Mm -hmm. What's your protein ice cream that you use? Ooh, I just use chocolate almond milk. Uh, I use casein, whey casein chocolate protein like a six star brand from walmart and it's actually one of the better tasting ones that i've tried a couple different kinds um and then i put peanut butter in it and ice and um what i put a little truvia in there to make it a little sweeter Mm. and and then uh really that's it i just blend it up and some nights i'll put like a cookie or oreo in there i don't usually do that i actually posted on my story the other night i was like you know i was like fuck it i deserve these and i threw (laughs) two oreos i threw two oreos in that thing and i was like "Ooh, that's gonna be good Ooh, that that sounds delicious but yeah if you get if you get the ice to to liquid ratio right it's like having a frosty or like you know an ice cream and it's really good Mm, what okay say the the whey casing yeah i literally have this recipe too on my instagram posted uh, uh like i made i did a real one night of it like me making it with all the stuff so i can share that to you share to you share yeah share that with you or yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, that's great. And then also, I just want to comment. It was the headphones. Like I can hear you fine. Really? Okay. It's so weird. Um, Yeah, I'll leave your, um, we'll share that at the very end to your handle and all of that. So people um, can follow you. But I want to talk about like, when did you decide that you wanted to become a personal trainer? Um, I was, I I moved down here to South Carolina. I had started going to a gym. I was, I think I was 20. And I remember watching my friend who he's my friend now, but at the time, this guy Brock Mead, his name and not, not that I'm homosexual, but he's very handsome, just good looking dude. (laughs) I just remember watching him train and I'm like, you know what? I, I I would be fucking good at that. Like, and I love to work out. I'm like, so that kind of, that kind of made me go for it and, uh, you know, get my certification through NASM and, you know, it didn't happen quite that quickly like that, but yeah, that's, that's what initially was, I guess, inspired me. I remember being on the cardio equipment and just seeing him train people. And I'm like, you know, I was waiting tables at the time. So I'm like, fuck that. I'm like, that would be much more fun than, serving tables. So that's awesome. Um, you mentioned something earlier and I just wanted to like, I don't know, talk about it. Um, cause it kind of reminded me of like grandma's boy, but how was it like living with your grandparents in a retirement community? That was it. They were like my biggest fans. So that really it was, it was amazing in, in certain ways. Um, especially after the kind of situation that I left in Jersey, but it was, it was very challenging because at the time I was 19. So all my friends were at college and I was going to like the pub with my grandparents on the weekend uh, <laughs> you know, to, to watch, you know, to listen to somebody sing karaoke. And, uh, <laughs> that, that part sucked. I would definitely get bummed out. And like my friends would be posting on Facebook all while they're raging at college. So I would be, I would be, uh, I'd have serious FOMO for sure while I was there. Yeah. And I imagine like, I don't know, being 19, you want to like look at babes and you have, (laughs) you're in like Del Webb or something. There were some babes. All right. (laughs) What's your craziest like retire or like, yeah, retired community story. Do you have any of like an old person, like running over somebody in their golf cart or something? Really the thing, strangely enough, I don't, um, I mean, I would go to the the gym center there and work out. I was really into tennis. They had really nice tennis courts, but I don't really remember any kind of craziness going on that, that, you know, nothing I can recall that was, that stood out aside from maybe my own shenanigans. I remember one night going out eating sushi and drinking like a whole bottle of firefly sweet tea. And I woke up like just with green puke all over the room and I tried to, you know, run and hide or wash the blanket. So my grandparents wouldn't see that I threw up all over it, but, but no, uh, no older people craziness. Oh my gosh. Were you like, did the older ladies try to like hit on this 19 year old kid? They 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 called me, my grandparents (laughs) call me the cabana boy. I think that was my nickname. (laughs) I just imagine, cause I imagine myself at 19 living in, you know, retirement, like community, you know, it's hard to meet people. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a challenge. I worked at a restaurant in there though, too, where I ended up meeting like my 
you know, some my closest friends that that I had there at the time, and uh, and you know, some of them were trouble, and some of them were good, but but there were some luckily some people my age that worked in the restaurant and stuff that was in the in the facility. So, oh, that's good. Did you ever play pickleball? I did not. I did not play pickleball. They didn't put pickleball courts in there though till I'm long after I moved out of the of there. Damn, I've never played, but that is an old person. Mm-hmm thing they're all yeah. about the the pickleball they go ball and they love the they love the golf in there there's really nice golf courses too Ooh, golfing um swimming yep. <laughs> Ooh, pickleball courts swimming golfing I'm trying to think yeah but the tennis courts too are really nice there that was fun but yeah other than that pretty boring being in a retirement home yeah i would imagine okay so let's go back to your like personal um personal training. And I feel like in the last, I don't know, like what has your journey been like as a personal trainer and then, um, kind of going through your own like fitness journey, you talked about like, you were going to get, I guess a few years ago when you, um, got off the medication and you're like, I'm going to really focus on, um, my nutrition and my fitness. What were kind of like, what was like, um, I guess any like breakthroughs that you had, or do you feel like it was the medication that was holding you back from really reaching the goals that you wanted to? Um, I think that, I think that what happened more or less with the medication, because ultimately it came down to the nutrition for me to really get at least to where, you know, I was, in, in good enough shape to see like my abs again or whatever. And I didn't really, in my twenties, I maybe, I didn't really, I was never really lean enough to that point. I had wanted to get there, but I, I trained and worked out hard. I lifted, I was strong, but I never was willing to figure out or give up enough of the bad food to get to that point where I was like, Oh wow, I'm pretty ripped. Mm -hmm. So that took, that took a, a long time for me to to get back to doing, to figuring that out. Um, and I think that getting off the medicine just more or less was like, once I learned that, that I could do that and I was in control of myself again, more like I, then I was like, okay, I can, if I can do that, I can dial my food in and like get, and, and just take myself maybe to a, a fitness level. I've never been. And I was in good shape, even on the medicine or like whatever kind of good shape I could have been on it. Um, and I would run and I was fairly lean, but I never kind of, I never got to the level that I got until I got off it. And I think that's just more, more due to the mentality that I had once I got off it, if that makes Mm. sense. Yeah. Talk about your nutrition. How does it change? What does your diet look like right now? Um, so for the most part, I eat pretty much the same foods, um, over and over. I, I wish it was more exciting than that, but usually I eat oatmeal in the morning. I I have a protein shake after I work out. Um, and then the main foods that, you know, I'll eat for lunch and dinner are typically lean Turkey salmon or, uh, steak or, or ground beef ground burgers. I haven't eaten a lot of those lately. Mostly it's like salmon vegetables and Jasmine rice, coconut Jasmine rice. That's huge. Um, sweet potatoes, and then vegetables like greens, egg whites too. I eat egg whites almost every day with spinach. Um, and then at night I do eat the protein shake, the protein ice cream. And some nights I do like the other night I had 
three packages of pop tarts. Like I'm still, I'm not perfect, but I'd say most of the time I don't do that. I'm usually pretty, pretty disciplined with my food. And just cause I know how quickly what happens is like, if I do that, then it's, it's really easy to go on like a week bender of just eating shit and saying, Oh, I'm okay. And then you do that for two weeks and you look and you're like, Oh, well, my abs just disappeared. And then I'm mad at myself. So it's, it's, I've learned over time what works and, and what doesn't, what I can get away with and, and what I know isn't really helping me. <clears throat> right. And you, you know, you cut out so many other things in your life and it's like that if that's sugar is your like one vice that you have it occasionally, it's like, okay, you deserve it. You know? Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I just have to be careful. Cause like anything, it's so easy to get addicted to it and to mm-hmm. overdo it. So. Yeah. What do you put in your oatmeal? I put Truvia and cinnamon in it. Um, sometimes I'll use a little bit of the low sugar, the brown, the maple brown sugar packet, like I'll the lower sugar one, I'll take, I'll rip it and I'll use maybe like a quarter of it just to give it some flavor. But other than that, I just, I eat it pretty much plain, just cinnamon and then Truvia I put in there. Have you ever tried putting peanut butter? Yes, I have. And believe it or not, for how much of a peanut butter freak I am, I don't enjoy peanut butter in my oatmeal. I really? Yeah. You like it? Uh, I love it. And mm-hmm. I'm also one of those weird people. Like I like my oatmeal thick and not watery. Yeah. I like mine thick though. I like it thick. I like the oatmeal thick. She thick. She thick. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's weird that you don't like it with peanut butter. Yeah. I don't know. I'm weird. I'm a weird guy though. You know, I am. Hey, we're all weird, right? Yeah. So talk about um, the type of training. So you just got to, are, are we allowed to talk about it? Your J-O-B? Ooh, that's a we tricky won't. one. I have, I, yeah, that's a tricky one. Just cause I, I haven't gotten the, the letter yet still. So gotcha. Okay. So we'll leave that out or cut, cut that out. What minute Mark is this um, towards the end? I'll put 50. 15 minutes, probably. Um, I'm going to go like this. So Tom knows when to edit it up. Um, so can you talk about uh, what type of workout plans that you offer and what type of personal training that you do? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is kind of one of those things where with training, I, I, pretty much I'm going to vary the training depending on what the person's goals are and what, what they're looking to do. I've had people, usually my clients tend to want to lose weight. Um, I have worked with some people that want to gain weight. So obviously that's going to be two kind of different workout programs and stuff like that online. Right now I have some programs that are geared towards, you know, one is maybe an intermediate or, or somebody that's lifted for a bit, that's just kind of not feeling like they know what to do in the gym, like what routine to follow. So I have a push pull and then legs split. Um, and then I have another program that's a hypertrophy program. So more, if you're looking to build muscle and do like individual muscle groups, like chest one day, back one day, legs one day, more of like your typical bro split type of workout. Um, but both are great for anybody that that's stuck or needs something to follow. Cause it honestly, now with all the stuff that's out there, it, it gets very random. Like you could pick up all these workouts on Instagram or online, but you're not really 
making any progress if you're not doing some of the same moves consistently. So mm-hmm. I think that's where those programs are kind of good. They'll help you get some consistency with the, the basic moves, you know, definitely. And um, let's go back to that first program, the push pull. What was the other thing? Uh, push pull legs, push pull legs. So they get how many workouts for how many weeks? So it's a eight week program. It's just two months. Um, and it's four workouts per week. So I am horrible at math, but 32 workouts, I believe in total. That's amazing. Yeah. And how much is it? So it's 75 bucks on the website right now. Oh my Um, gosh. That's awesome. And what we're going to do is that's super affordable. And what's cool about this. Okay. Yeah. You pay for the eight weeks, but you're going to have these workouts all the time that you can do all the time. So actually, cause you can repeat whatever, what we're going to do for our listeners today is if you screenshot um, this episode and tag myself and Jamie, what are you on Instagram again? It's J row fit. J row fit. I will leave that in uh, the show notes, but if you tag him, and myself and take a screenshot of this episode, we're choosing one winner to win one of uh, Jamie's amazing online programs. Let's go tag us. Tag tag us. You know what? The number of people that are like, "Mm, well, I'm not going to do it because I probably won't win. I'm definitely one of those people like before it's like, I've entered things before and I'm like, I'm not, yeah. I, I haven't won. So I'm not going to try like somebody else's, but <sighs> I'm telling you do it, do it because this is a real giveaway. It's not like one of those things that you see on social media where there is no winner and it's just a contest yeah. and to have followers and stuff. By the way, if you tag Jamie or tag myself, make sure you're following us because that's a kind, kind, uh, thing <laughs> to do um yeah. in this stupid world that we live in of it's social media it's such it's crazy. yeah it's like it's freaky it's though crazy. Like, it is crazy because we can get caught up in that stuff but it does matter it really does especially if you have a business followers matter yep. you reach more people all of the things but um we got kids to feed people come on <laughs> yes because your little guy uh, turned one in september yep free Oh my gosh. We both. Yeah. I have two boys, uh, boys. Gosh. Ooh, trouble. They are trouble. They are full of energy, but I guess girls can be trouble too. So, you know, just, it's just, uh, it's kids. Kids. Yeah. Kids. Okay. So one last question before we go, because you are such a like uplifting, person you love helping people what are some of the things like or youtube channels that you listen to to like really get in your mindset and where you're able to help yourself before you can help others um uh, i would say in the last couple of years the go-tos have been eric thomas is definitely number one for me um les brown i love uh those two at Gary Vaynerchuk, those three probably were the main three that I listened to every single day when I was going through the withdrawals from the, the medicine. And I remember just listening to a lot of their stuff. I know some people kind of get annoyed by the rah-rah type of like, you know, things they have to say or whatever. But like the truth is, is life is challenging for everybody. Everybody has struggles and shit, whether they want to 
talk about them or not, but those videos and, and some of those things really helped me through some, some really difficult times. So I listen to those guys. Um, and there's a guy, Ben Lionel Scott, who has a, a YouTube Instagram page and he does like, what would you call it? He does like mashups or like video edits of a bunch of different motivational speakers kind of edited into one three minute video. And he's got a lot of really, really good um, inspirational motivational type of stuff. Just if you're, if you're needing somebody to yell at you or kind of to maybe tell you some of the things you don't want to hear definitely some, some good material there. Yeah, definitely would recommend listening to that prior to a workout because it's like, oh, I'm unstoppable. That will hype the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah, it definitely hypes you up. It's definitely, definitely helpful. For sure. Awesome. So again, share your social media again, and I'll put in the show notes. Yeah, it's J-R-O-W-E and then fit, F-I-T, all one word. Awesome. Love it. And you guys make sure you take a screenshot of this episode tag, Jamie and myself, and you can win an eight week program. That's going to kick your butt, especially. I know a lot of people are going to get, want to get hype for 2022, but oh man, yeah, I can't believe it. But thank you, Jamie, so much for being here. And uh, I appreciate you. Thank you for sharing your story. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. You guys, if you love this episode, please make sure to leave a review. And remember, you got this. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, make sure you are subscribed so you know when more episodes come available. My goal is to inspire others to become their vision, and one way to get the word out is with reviews. I would really appreciate it if you left an honest review on iTunes, and it would mean so much to me. Thanks again, and remember to go after the life you want. Bye, guys. Bye.